You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. everybody. Welcome to this episode of Mama's Talking Loud. I'm Jessica Rush. And I'm Kara Cooper. And today we have returning to us Haven Burton from Kinky Boots, Violet, Legally Blonde, Shrek, the list goes on and on. Um, and she's here for part four of our Parenting Kids with Special Needs series. We're going to talk about what it's like to quarantine with kids with special needs and to facilitate remote learning and on and on and on and on. Welcome (laughs) Welcome back. (laughs) Thank you so much. It's so nice to be back. Little did we know, like when we recorded, we were supposed to record this, you know, tag on to the episode way back before quarantine life and um, Haven couldn't get in sick baby, you know, think how things go. And now here we are and boy has life changed. Oh man. Holy moly. Oh my God. I mean, we knew we'd have more to talk about, but we didn't know we'd have this to talk about. <laughs> talk about content. <laughs> I mean, good golly. Ooh, so yeah. let's, I don't know, jump right in, Jess. Yeah. We, I mean, well, should we, let's, let's, let's give an overview just of Haven's kiddos. Oh yeah. So I think someone because, might be listening for the first time. Yeah. If they didn't yeah, listen, great. but you can also listen to parts one, two, one and two. <laughs> oh, yeah. wonderful. That's one. It really, it was a really wonderful listen, actually. Um, so let me see. Well, you can hear my children in the background that are supposed to be, can you hear them? That are supposed to be outside in the sprinkler with a, t- a friend who has our a teenage daughter that we had come over. And we've got two adults versus two kids, but it's just not working apparently. <laughs> so that's the way it goes. Um, okay. My oldest Hudson is uh, eight years old. He had his eighth birthday in quarantine. Super fun. Ooh. Not. It was like we had to cancel his birthday last minute. It totally stuck. Um, the next was uh, Caspian. That's who you're hearing in the background. He turns three in August, so he'll be our fourth quarantine birthday in our family. Um, and he is a dictator of sorts <laughs> of the house. He like his his level is always at eleven, and he's wonderful. Um, and then we have baby Nova, who turned one a month ago. Hello. Can you believe it? I can't, I can't believe it. She's amazing. And what makes us a special needs family is that Hudson um, has a diagnosis of high-functioning autism. And Caspian is a typically developing uh, child so far. And Nova, um, we had a uh, prenatal diagnosis of Down syndrome. I said that funny, of Down syndrome. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> like my, some accent came in. I don't know what that was. <laughs> Down syndrome. Yeah, Down syndrome. Yeah, uh, and they're awesome, awesome kids. And I can't believe they're so awesome. One, oh my gosh, that really tells you how long it's been since we chatted with you. Because I feel yes. like she was, I mean, seven yeah. months maybe. Is that I possible? know. Gosh. She, yeah, in February, I think she was like seven months, and yeah, yeah. Wow. I know it's crazy, isn't it? Time. I remember when you posted about the fact that you were pregnant. Do you know what I mean? I like know. that's that's what's 
crazy. I know. <laughs> I Time. know. Time. It's totally nuts. Um, yeah, it was it was crazy. And it, it's in some ways it feels like yesterday, and in other days, uh, other days it feels like it's been, you know, a decade. Years. Well, yeah. 2020 <laughs> feels like it has been a hundred years. <laughs> oh, it sure God. does. And it's oh. still going, you guys. It's still going. Oh, golly. So I know when we kind of connected. I feel like in the beginning of quarantine, oh, yeah. of, how are you doing this? This is impossible. Um, and just like it's impossible and hard for everyone, um, having your kids home 24 hours a day and trying to facilitate mm-hmm. remote learning, it just kind of takes a, it's, it's a different level <laughs> when you have yes. kids with special needs and you're trying to facilitate an IEP and you're yes. not just a teacher, you're a speech therapist, an occupational therapist, a physical therapist, you're trying to, you fought so hard for these um, tools to be given to your kid at school. You fought for this IEP and now you're the one who has to make it all happen. And, th- and in the school system, there are seven people making that happen for your kid. And then it oh, yeah. just becomes you. So I know you probably have two very different, well, also with Caspian, but you have very different experiences, maybe mm-hmm. trying to do the remote learning with Hudson, but also how, I mean, this is a long question. How did that work for all the therapies you were receiving for Nova at that time? Oh, it doesn't work. So it's like, that's really like the, I mean, it works on some days and some days like today it didn't. I, do you want to know where I'm at today? I thought it was Thursday. (laughs) I thought it was Thursday until about (laughs) one thirty. So we missed PT for Nova. (laughs) <laughs> because I even went over the schedule with Denny this morning over coffee. I was like, 11 a.m. she has DI, which is develop. I don't even remember what DI stands. What is DI stand for? Uh, intervention. In- intervention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like um, it's like a special education teacher. It's not occupational therapy. It's not physical therapy. They do games. She checks in about where she's at in her fine motor, her gross motor, her you know, just a lot of different things that, you know, I don't even know to look for. Um, so we did that at 10. We were supposed to have PT at one because we missed it again on Monday. And then Hudson was supposed to have a service provider come at 1130 and she canceled because she threw out her back. Um, and we just had his services start in person again last week. So there, it's not smooth. It's not running smoothly yet. You know, we're still, everybody's trying to, and, and they have kids too, you know, mm. all of our therapists are also parents. So they're, they're trying to manage their schedules, um, their children, our, our schedule, our schedule, my children. Um, so the, the short answer is that it doesn't work. Um, <laughs> tele, uh, you know, gosh, what do we call it? Remote learning was a joke. It, um, you know, I don't know what, I don't know, you're in, I don't remember where you are in, uh, specifically in Jersey or what your district is. Our district was fine, but we were hearing from like other neighboring towns how incredible their distance learning was and how they were doing these Zoom sessions every day and the kids were able to socialize and they were doing all this stuff. You know, Hudson had a 20-minute Zoom session with his with six of his class members once a week. And that's it. Mm-hmm. And that was the only time that he ever saw any of his classmates. Then we did teletherapies through um, that he's supposed to be receiving through his IEP, which was occupational therapy, um, counseling, speech and language, or is what is in his um, 
stuff. But, you know, for Hudson, it's not, it's not a lot of educational stuff for him. Um, it's all social, emotional things that he, that are where he, he has some deficiencies. And so that's so problematic because you cannot be social during this time. So it just feels like everything got put on hold. And so we're trying to just give ourselves a lot of grace for that and say, you know what? It's okay. As I, I remember one of the posts I saw on, I don't remember, Facebook book or Instagram or something. It was a teacher saying, don't worry about the educational aspect of this crisis learning. I, it's my job to get kids back on track. It's your job to keep your kids emotionally (laughs) intact during this time. So we just kind of tried to focus as much as we could on that, not stressing out. You know, he's only in second grade going into third um, he's a little math whiz. The, the stuff that they were doing online, they didn't learn anything new. No. You know, the stuff is like, it's so simple. He actually, I, I feel really good where he, where he's at academically, socially. I'm concerned about how he starts the next year and moving forward. The reason that we have these, um, services for him now, um, is because we, you know, second grade, third grade, they, they, those, those are easier times for kids who, um, have some delays uh, to kind of adjust, you know, the gap is not that wide with their peers, but as they get older, if they're not given the tools to help them self-regulate, to help them navigate, you know, more complicated social environments and situations, then things get more difficult for them as they get older. So, you know, while I'm I'm just trying not to be too concerned about that because we don't have any control over it. So we're trying to give him some social outlets where we can. We did a couple of social distance um, scooter rides with some friends that were in town. And we luckily have neighbors that are a little bit younger um, where all of our backyards meet. And the kids have been meeting at the fence um, about 10 feet apart and at least just having little conversations. Absolutely. Here and there, which is really great. Um, Nova's therapies are still all, you know, telehealth. Are yours too? Um, We've actually, we started up her in-home therapy, her in-home ABA, I would say about a month ago. Um, Yeah. But, you know, I was trying, I was going to ask you like when Hudson is having his Zoom or even his teletherapy for Mm -hmm. his IEP, are you present and facilitating it or is he able to listen to direction from the computer and, and follow the direction of the therapist or have the conversation? We kind of, you know, I'm sure you guys did this too, because it was just kind of a crapshoot of like trying to figure out where the best place to kind of set him up to, because Mm -hmm. he's so easily distracted by certain sounds. We had them in the basement um, where his desk was and Legos and stuff like that um, at first. But then if I would go to do laundry, it was like, I can't, I can't hear because of the sound of the, you know, it was hard for him to do. So we, we, we jumped around to a couple of different places, depending on what the rest of our day was like. I had a calendar that was literally only therapies for the week, just so I could remember who gets what therapy when for a Zoom sessions. And I was ready to throw my computer out the window by the end of it. I was just done. I was just done. I didn't want to do any more stupid Zoom sessions. I understand Um, completely. I mean, we're doing ESY right now. So we're doing extended school year. And so we're still doing it. And I'm, you know, Elon is not independent at all. So I have to Mm -hmm. facilitate it all. I'm, I am teacher facilitator. I do when we're not on Zoom, I 
do the instructional learning through ABA mm-hmm. practices. And so it was, it was, a, I mean, Jessica knows, I think oh, the first two months. It's a full-time job. I oh my God. Carol was, was my mind. yeah, six hours a day, like six yeah. hours a day. Carol oh, was doing mind. five days a week. But like, and because she is an awesome parent though, too. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure there were parents who did not give that amount of time and attention, but you know, Kara has seen, I'm sure Haven, you see like the growth that happens with your children when they have consistent instruction and structure and they're, and they, you know, and continually working on different items. And I, and I know that for Kara, she didn't want Elon to lose any of that, you know, and the progress that Kara made and like, thank God she cared. I mean, you love your child and actively want of to do course. that. There are, you know, that not everyone's able to do that or cares to mm-hmm. do it. Unfortunately. Well, look, I mean, our Broadway shut down. So right. neither mm-hmm. my husband or I have jobs as this, you both are in the same position. So there in a, in some way, that's a gift, right? Because we are able mm-hmm. to facilitate um, the education in a way that kid, my parents right. who are having to work from home. It's not possible. Um, but I have learned, and I, you said it, like giving yourself grace. I mean, we mm-hmm. went into this and I was in the full-blown panic. Like I need to continue to help her strive and grow and learn because every progress is so hard won for her and mm-hmm. so much hard work goes into every step that she moves forward. But I've we've seen growth in a lot of other ways during this mm-hmm. time with her. Um, and I think that it's just because she's so loved and cared for and she's with us all the time. And, you know, there we've been trying to bring so much joy to the house and um, she's not constantly around other kids noticing her deficits. So yes. she's really confident in who she is in a really wonderful way. I love so, hearing that. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Um, we just visited my brother and sister-in-law and on our way home, it, it became a list that our Ohio, they live in Ohio, and Ohio was added to the list of quarantine states. So we're now quarantining in our home, even though when we were there, we didn't go anywhere else, um, which is totally fine. But she was so, I, the progress from the last time she saw her cousins was monumental because she was really confident in herself. Mm-hmm. She's like, yeah. I got this. I can say whatever I want. And, and that was really, you know, um, bolstering to see like, it's okay. We might not be working on letters and numbers and math and reading and those things, but she's growing in other ways. You know, I find too, when my kid, anytime my kids travel, I find that they grow up a lot. You know, I think that putting them, making, forcing them to kind of like get it together and go on a road trip or travel on an airplane, you all have to kind of work as together as a team, whether it's a group of adults or, or a family or whatever, you really have to like pull it together and, you know, travel and, um, you know, stay calm and nothing runs perfectly and everyone seems to get through. The, the idea of doing that with my kids, they always come back and they're like suddenly more mature. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I like traveling and then I don't because then I'm <laughs> grown up and then I'm like, where's, where's my baby? Um, but yeah, so with, with HUD, I've just kind of the telehealth stuff for the, for his behavior, um, coaching and stuff. I thought, what, what's the point we're already doing? Um, he's not socializing, so we can't coach around socializing and he's doing zoom stuff and on the computer and on stuff, which is not good for him. So, you know, I tried my best to get in all of our sensory diet stuff that we're supposed to do um, four to five times a day. 
And I had an, thank God, I had a private occupational therapist come to my house to assess our home and work with Hudson for about an hour and a half. And I had her come because she is Nova's OT. And even though she wasn't working for us through early intervention yet, we knew that she was going to be the therapist that we were going to be using. So I thought, well, let's keep it all together in the family. So I had her come. So thank goodness I had some tools and a little bit more knowledge about Hudson's sensory needs um, because sensory needs are so complicated and they're different for every single person. So it's not a one-size-fits-all diet. Um, so it was really great to work with her and then have her as a reference. I could call her if things came up and she was like, oh, you know, maybe try one of these or, um, she's a massive resource for me. So that was great. Um, and as can far you, as Nova sorry, goes, sorry, yeah, before you I was go just, on, yes. can you talk about what a sensory diet is oh, for those I'm of so us sorry. who don't No, no, <laughs> please. I, I've never heard that. I mean, I, I've heard IEPs and all these things, but uh-huh. sensory, sensory diet, diet. Understand. We did the so, exact same thing, Haven, you? before you start. When we moved into this house, we had our OT come and say, what do you think we should do? What should we put in her room? What will be distracting? What will be calming? What should we do in our basement? Oh, I feel like I'm listening to myself, but go ahead. So, you know, Hudson is, is such a complicated um, case for this because like his, so his technical diagnosis is a list. I won't even go into all of the little things, but um, it's basically high functioning autism and a sensory processing disorder. He also has a central auditory processing delay, which just means that his brain doesn't process the information um, immediately when hearing it. And so, and it goes, and it, he processes it. He processes it in a different way, and sometimes needs different tools in order to process information. Um, so. Sensory processing disorder is that the body doesn't, and it, it's different for everybody. But and Carrie, you can chime in on this because I am not really great at explaining stuff like this because it's people dedicate their entire lives to understanding understanding this kind of science. And then when you're a special needs parent, you're expected to know about this like overnight mm-hmm. in order to care for your child. Um, so it's taken us a couple of years to really kind of figure our way through this. But essentially, um, Hudson has a hard time figuring out where his body is in space. So, and also with pressure. Um, so he seeks um, higher levels of input for sensory in order to process it or for it to register in his brain. So he'll need to like spin around really, really, really fast. Um, so you you would think like, looking at this kid, wow, he's so wild, or he hugs too hard, or, oh, he ran into that table, or he's bumping himself a lot and stuff. And that's because he doesn't he doesn't have a lot of awareness of where his body extends and where that ends, and if it's still attached to his body and stuff like that. And it's not extreme, but it's not mild either. So a sensory diet is a way to help your child regulate their sensory input and fulfill for, uh, fulfill their needs. Oh, somebody's probably going to know a whole lot more about this than I do, but that's the, that's the way that I think that I that it makes sense to me. Is that does that yeah. sound yeah? About right? so, for, for instance, when you say there are four or five items on the list for sensory diet yes. that you do in the day, like what is that list? Okay, so Hudson's things are uh, vestibular, and mm-hmm. ugh, I'm going to forget it. One is like um, a deep pressure 
And one is um, a, a lot of movement, especially like spinning or jumping up and down. So we ordered a trampoline that never came on Amazon. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> everyone decided to buy trampolines at the exact same time. So yep. sorry, Haven. Um, so we, you know, I'm order, I'm trying to get a trampoline for the backyard um, to help him out. But we've got yoga balls. Um, so there's a couple things. So a sensory diet for Hudson looks like this. We do uh, a rapid movement, either like spinning in place or jumping up and down for about 30 seconds. And then he can, and then we go into a series of about five minute deep pressure. So either he lays on the ground and I roll a yoga ball over his body, or we do wheelbarrows where he's got like that deep pressure in his joints. And that helps his whole body kind of go. <sighs> it's the release like, for him. That's how, yeah. so he can release. And then after those two activities are done, then we have a single sensory activity that we do, which is either like going to a quiet, dark place and looking at a sensory bottle or playing with, or, you know, playing with like a single sensory, meaning that it's like just vision or just touch so that he could do one of his like felt um, fidgets or something like a marble fidget. Um, And... Uh, We also have a weighted blanket. So during that single sensory time, I put like a weighted blanket on him and let him just feel something. Or he can do like quiet reading for even just five to ten minutes just to kind of chill out and get back to his – get back to his like baseline. Mm. Um, I yeah. wish that I could tell you that I'm really good at doing that four to five times a day, but I am not. No, I mean, I can, I was just sitting here thinking though, what Haven, as you were saying that I was thinking, oh my God, and they have to do this like every day, all day, you know, and I, these are things you don't think about, you know, if you have a neurotypical. I feel like so it, it, it becomes a part of your life. Like you, right. you do it, you don't even, after a while, don't even realize you're doing it. Cause yes. we have the same sort of thing. Um, vestibular is huge. We have a swing in our yes. basement. Elin is on the swing every moment she gets. She actually, yes. in her therapies, she works and works and works. And what she, she gets to choose what she earns. And nine times out of 10, it's the swing. Um, is it like one of those little pod swings? That's the we one that have we have. a bunch of different attachments. We have a pod Ooh, I love platform that. and we've got a bucket no, what is it? What, like a normal swing. She's learned how to pump now. So she's That's able fine. to do it a little bit on herself, but she always wants to uh, have company down there with her. But we have tents. Do we, you know what's something that we did is we, um, we made a crash pad and that yes. was really helpful for her. Like we, when she was smaller, you would like spin her, spin her around and then kind of drop her on the crash pad. And that like yeah. intense um, stimulation really helped settle her. You're talking about wheelbarrowing ROT um, when we still had her coming to our home would have Elin go down our steps on her stomach. So put, oh, her, put her hands down each step so that it was constant. It was that proprioception. reception. It was that deep pressure in That's her joints. Yes. And also in the rest of the stimulation of the rest of the pressure of, in her body of the steps as she was going down. And it's funny. I mean, during quarantine, we, before we even started school, we would do something physical with her, whether it be like going on a walk or, you know, even just like a tickle party, that deep pressure of us being on top of her, it just writes her. I mean, mm-hmm. I know you, you see it. So it's like um, in class, like in, like in school when the teachers are like, all right, let's do, um, I forget what it's called, but like, a, well, a brain break, you know, and they like stand right. up and they yeah. do a dance or they like shake the sillies mm-hmm. out or whatever. So it's like, 
it's like that. It's that. It's very it's, similar. It's just, yeah, it, but with it's, more it's, focused on what specifically the child needs to have that release. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's something that we're still, you know, I was in the middle of doing all of this with his OT at school when the shutdown happened. So we didn't really get to the specifics. I just got the sensory diet. And then it was like three days later. Oh, down. So I, we still have yet to see how that's going to really play out in his school. His school's great. His OT is young and she's, she's very eager. Um, you know, and we'll see, I mean, goodness, I don't even know what the fall, I mean, I don't even know what the fall holds. I I'm kind of actually, I feel, I think I'd feel more comfortable with him being at home at least for the first quarter. I think that's the most responsible thing. I don't know. Um, but at the same time, I would literally give anything for my kids to go back to school. <laughs> I know. I would give anything. <laughs> I, know. I saw someone the other day who was like, like a politician or someone, a senator was like, I love my children. And of course, I want them to be healthy and we need to do what's right. But if you ask any parent right now, we really would love for them to go back to school. So you, yes. ha- you know, if we're saying don't go back to school, then... That must mean we really shouldn't. Yes, <laughs> because everyone's like, go back to school. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, so Nova's therapies have all been on telehealth, and it, you know, honestly, with the way that things are going right now, a couple of weeks ago, I I would have said I think that we're going to start them back up in a couple of weeks. But now, with the way that everything's kind of going this summer, they're really not getting the okay to come back yet. And I don't really know when that's going to be. So I've been doing that. Hers are honestly the hardest because. Well, she's so little for one. She's so little. And the thing with, with D, listen, Nova is a freaking super, superstar. She's amazing. Okay. She's just amazing. She works so hard. She's really bright. She, um, She's just doing really well with her therapies. And we were making really big strides when this happened. And then it was left to me and Denny to kind of pick up where our therapist left off. First of all, I'd like to say we have the greatest therapists on the planet. Um, When we, oh, so Denny and I got the coronavirus also, by the way. Oh, we got sick. Beginning. Um, We got sick um, the Monday after Easter Sunday. We came down, I came down with symptoms. He came down with symptoms the following Tuesday. We both tested positive. Um, and it lasted for about eight to 10 days for us. The symptoms, the fatigue was was the worst of it for us pretty much. And managing the three kids and trying to quarantine oh from each God. other and keep up. You know, Denny was a rock star because I had come down with it first and he was like, sleep, sleep, sleep. But then you, at, that was the beginning when it was like, don't sleep. <laughs> don't sleep too much. Sleep on your side. Right. right, right. <laughs> you know, it was just like, are we going to be okay? Are we, are the kids going to be okay? The kids had like a low grade fever for an afternoon and then it went away and then everything was fine. So, um, and we've both tested positive for, um, antibodies at this point. So we're, we're doing okay, but trying to do her therapies that week oh and God. Hudson schooling and poor Caspian is just like, what do I do? You know? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, kid. Make yourself a sandwich. <laughs> like, what are we going to do with you? Someday you will learn how to read, but it's not today. <laughs> um, but our therapists, our DI and our PT sent us a massive amount of Italian food. 
while we were sick. And so it was just like, they're they're a family, a community of people that we've now, um, you know, been blessed with in our lives that not only care for our baby girl, but care for all of us. And the way that they've kind of reached out to us during this quarantine has been just really remarkable and um, got us through a really difficult time. So um, Nova's crawling. <gasps> so fantastic. she started crawling uh, like two weeks ago, th- three oh, weeks ago. Okay. And now she's just everywhere and pulling herself oh, up to stand. Oh, and, that's awesome. You know, we're still working on a lot of things, but um, as of right now, she almost didn't even qualify for OT because she is, she's doing so well. She's right in that pocket. Um, she did, of course, because what's we, I think we touched on this last time. What's great about a diagnosis like Down syndrome is that it automatically gives her services that she needs, even if she technically didn't qualify for them. So I don't have to fight as hard to get Nova the services that she needs like I do with Hudson. I have to fight for Hudson, but I don't yeah. have to fight as much for Nova, which is great. And there will be yeah. the days when I do. Um, have to fight for her, but I don't really have to do that at this stage. You know, she gets early intervention. She's going to start speech and language in uh, six months. She's going to, you know, everything is just like, no matter what, with this diagnosis, at this stage, at this month, this is the service she gets to make sure that they shorten the gap for her as much as possible. So, um, So that's great. And she's doing really well. I am really glad, and I'm sure that you guys can relate to this, that um, Denny and I are both actors and dancers and in tune with our bodies because I think that that's what's giving us a little bit of a leg up for things like PT and OT is that when one of the therapists describes something to us, first of all, I've had so much PT in my life. Same. (laughs) But it's not a new, it's not a new practice for me. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that much. Yes, yes, yes. I can feel that. I can feel that. So I think it's, you know, it's good for, for both of us that we're at least a little bit knowledgeable about what physical therapy is and, you know, the body. Mm. But that's not the case for um, a lot of special needs parents during this time. So I can imagine that it's very difficult. Well, and also the (laughs) fact that, you know, Kara, you touched on this. It's the fact that because we are these two actor households, we are very unemployed in this time. Um, So unemployed. uh, So, you know, that it's, you know. So we have the time to give yeah. to the learning. We're not trying to balance, you know, other jobs or our own, our own job, sadly. I mean, I still am though, you know, that's the thing I also still have to let go every day is like this idea of it's completely out of my control, but also what am I going to do? Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> to yeah. pay my mortgage. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what what I mean? you, have you had any thoughts about? I guess a better way to say this is, has this time affected how you think about your career in the arts? Because I think you and I at some point talked about how having a kid with special needs kind of affects how you think about a career in the arts a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously this is a different layer and everybody's experiencing it. Everybody with Mm -hmm. kids who is working in the theater (laughs) is having to reinvent themselves and parent. Mm -hmm. And, you know, has, has that affected you in any way? Uh, yeah. I mean, of course. I mean, I started to really question all my life choices. Right. <laughs> yep. 
Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Hi, diddly dee. <laughs> for me, I was like, oh, great. I'm Pinocchio. Right. <laughs> um, well, because who would have ever, you know what I mean? Because it's one thing when you're an actor, we have our highs and lows and we have our periods of unemployment, but we always know there are options. Do you know what I mean? We can at least like, okay, I'll get out there and I'll get the auditions and then something will something will hit and I will be fine. And in the and that's what we're used to. But there yeah. are no options. Like we, no one could have foreseen Our entire this. industry like, has shut down yeah. and not just ours. I'm not talking about like theater. Oh. I'm talking about arts across the board. Yeah. And so, so we don't even have um, another avenue to go down, which would oh. be something that is similar to what we do at, or, you yeah. know, the majority of I our mean, career. I was even talking to my agents cause I was like, are people booking? I was, I'm curious to see if people were booking for voiceover and they were like, yeah, you know, it's not, it's not like it was, but people are booking. So that's the only possibility that I see right now, but it's certainly not, it's like c- commercials or demos or these, um, low budget, uh, internet, things that are like, have $300 and then we'll run it forever and you'll never see a cent. Right. 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 (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Um, but yes. So, I mean, this is the sad part about, um, me reinventing myself a year ago. Oh no, almost a year and a half ago, I bought online courses. I still haven't finished them. Um, and I just extended them. I did like interior design and landscape design courses because I love it. Not because I was really thinking about, oh, maybe I will transition or I just thought, oh, I've got a house and a garden and I want to be able to do these things on my own. So maybe there's, um, something, some way that I could, you know, transition what I love to do in my home into, um, I don't know, maybe a side career or something like that. Um, so Denny and I have been doing my courses online at night, which is great. And Denny is a very handy man. Yes. He did a lot of construction growing up and his family, um, is full of architects and contractors and cabinet makers and such. Oh, lucky. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So he actually has gotten a couple of little side jobs for neighbors building their gardens or um, our friend's restaurant in um, in South Orange needed sidewalk partitions for their outdoor dining. And they came to Denny and they had him build these beautiful trellis partitions and a couple of upright planter boxes and stuff like that. And it looks really good. And he did a beautiful job. So, you know, little things here and there. Um, certainly nothing that's going to pay the bills, but, um, it's, uh, it's a little glimmer of, of light of like, oh, we could be, you know, maybe happy doing some, some other things with our hands, you yeah. know, while we, while our industry figures out what's, what's going on. Um, we're in a unique position because, uh, Denny's in Chicago, the musical and, you know, without it being in writing, they've, you know, gone so far as to say, we are definitely going to see this through. We have, we have seen lots of other things through. They're the longest running American musical on Broadway and they don't want to give up that title. Well, so, and it also costs like five cents to run it. So. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, the and running cost must be for legit, them. like, I know <laughs> we're like, well, we don't want to count too much on it. You know, like no, t- no tomorrow is promised, but we feel we feel confident that when Broadway reopens that Chicago will be there for him. So, um, so yeah, that's unique. So we're, you know, hopeful for that, but that's not until January, um, at the very earliest. So we, 
yeah, I've reinvented myself in my head, mm, I don't know, 5,000 million billion times. I think it's just like, I just continually feel like this is a movie. Like it's so surreal. Do you know what I mean? It's like I said, we've, we're used to the ups and downs and unemployment and this and that, Mm -hmm. but to be in this position, who would have ever thought like, you're just like, there aren't any options. I can't do anything. (laughs) What was that Senator that was like, find something else. And I was like, like what? Or Ivanka Trump did that. You know, there's she a whole it. ad campaign yeah. now. Find, Find something else. else. You're like, Word over. sure, let me just give away the career I've built for 20 plus years. And, you know, or like a master's I'm degree. Right. And you, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. those like, of us who have been doing this, we are constantly hustling. We know what it is to hustle for the next job, to constantly 100%. be moving forward and working and working and working toward the next thing. There's nothing to work for. No. 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 And it's not it's not just us either. It's everybody. And it's, it's house. It's, you know, it's crew. It's wardrobe. It's hair. It's Everyone, yeah. it's concerts, it's any person setting it's up or doing lighter sound cameramen, design, it's grips, it's everybody. Yes. It's just it's the restaurants everything. in the theater district that's you know are yeah. reliant on those crowds yeah. coming. You know, yeah. it's, just, it's I know we have a couple of restaurants that, um, yeah, yeah, we have a couple of restaurants that we don't know if we're going to see again, and it breaks our heart because it's like our favorite spots in the city, but at the same time, they don't have outdoor dining options yeah. and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a real shame. Yeah, it's um, you know, we we're in La Jolla and we're gonna stay here because you know we. Mm-hmm. It's like if there's no Broadway, we don't need to go back to New York, you know, where we don't have outdoor space and we don't have that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So we're super lucky to be out here. And I was speaking with um my agent the other day, and he was like, "There's also he's like, it's not the New York that you want it to. It's not New York mm-hmm. right now. You know, it's slowly coming back. Stores are opening, things are happening, but it's also." the parts that we love, you know, like in the summer going down to like the West village and wandering around after dark and stopping it, mm-hmm. you know, for a drink, whatever those things, that's not what's happening. That's not life right now in New York. And so, yeah. Oh, it's like heartbreaking, but it's just, it's gonna, it's gonna take a while, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna be it a is. while. Um, and it's just, I'm so grateful for, I'm sure as I'm sure you guys are with the space you have in the yards and yeah. your homes and, and your kids and you know it's a although now I wish I had like a 7,000 square right (laughs) (laughs) there's nothing like quarantine to make you go this could be bigger (laughs) well I I just want the children to have their wing right and then I want to have a wing Mm -hmm. well all I know is I'm not in a three-bedroom apartment with my parents in Inwood so (laughs) there you go you're winning. Oh, yeah. You're winning. 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 Yeah, Speaking no, I'm being out here. I'm sure I you're not that far from me, Haven. We actually need to do a little social Open distance get together. Or like do your pod. You know, we have to start growing our pods a bit because I know, you know, this is you know go what on. we have. We started we started opening up a bit and you know, some people aren't comfortable with it and some people are and that's kind of, we were at a place where we had the antibodies and we don't have our parents anywhere near us. We don't have any extended family, so we're not putting anyone um in our family at risk. And so we were a lot more comfortable to invite people one family at a time over to do like a little Lonnie or, you know, whatever. And of course that kind of grew into, okay, now we have like a select couple of people that we're inviting into the house. And I think that's just something that every family, an individual has to figure out where their comfort level is. And transparency is 
key because a lot of people, you know, are going to be more comfortable with seeing only one other family. And I know other um, families in our neighborhood that did that, where they like quarantined together so that at least their kids could have friends to play with. Yeah. Um, we didn't do that. We just quarantined by ourselves the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a couple of weeks ago, um, actually, Tracy J., because she works, Aww. she lives close by, um, so she would. She was the first person to come into our circle and then come over, and was really nice because she was actually the first person to watch the kids, so that Denny and I could like go to Home Depot by ourselves. <laughs> that and it felt it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have recently gotten our um, uh, babysitter back. Uh, she had had another job and then didn't. And she's actually a chemist. So now she's like looking for an actual jo- job in a lab. Wow. Um, but while she's still babysitting, she comes and visits us. And Kara, I actually asked you about this um, perform care. So yeah, we haven't done that yet. I just got Hudson um, DD eligibility, which is developmental disability eligibility, DDD services. And one of the services is respite. And we get five hours a week of respite. Wow. Where she, they reimburse us. So it's a self-hire and we hire our babysitter and she comes and she watches Hudson. And Denny and I are able to go out and do something and we get reimbursed $11 an hour. And at a time when we are, (laughs) that is amazing. And at a time when we are, uh, both unemployed, not really knowing what's going to happen after July 31st, um, as far as like PUA and business. So yeah. we're, you know, we're, we're staying positive, but we're also like, we've got, we've got one eye open, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're yeah. sleeping with like one eye open. Um, that is a really incredible resource for, um, families with, with special needs because respite is really important. And especially right now, we have been with one another and with our kids quarantined and isolated. And we spoke on this a little bit last time, um, how isolating it can feel as a parent um, of a special needs child, just socially and, you know, with schools and everything, it can feel very isolating. You don't have, you don't live the same life anymore when you become a parent, but when you have extra things to take on and responsibilities and, and a different way to care for your kids, it can just feel more isolating. The weight can feel a little heavier at times. So it's important to be able to get out with yourself, with your partner, whatever, and just get back to, you know, I call it recharging my battery. Right. Yeah. No, it's um, so essential. that's a great resource for, for families that live in New Jersey. And I'm sure that there's a New York agency as well that's equivalent to Perform Care, but Perform Care is what we have in New Jersey, and it's an amazing resource for families um, with children with special needs. And, um, uh, you know, it's a lot of paperwork. It always is. But once you get it, it's pretty easy, and it is worth it. Yeah, That's amazing. Kara, you have to sign up today. I know. <laughs> she, <laughs> she needs that. She needs it. You know what? We, I'll walk you through it, too, if you would like, because sometimes it's just so um, daunting to look at a new thing like that. And also, I don't know about you, but I get sick of talking about my yeah. child's special needs to other people and going through the whole thing all over again. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. It's kind of 
traumatizing. You know, it's just, yeah. just want to enjoy your kids, but um, it's, exactly. it, you know, you just want to be like, my kid's awesome. I don't want to talk about, you know, things that are challenging for them. We know it's challenging. Let's talk about something else, you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I feel like yeah. you kind of like bring bring us to the next good point is that, you know, Jessica and I have been asking uh, our guests a question during this time. It's kind of something different every time. And you kind of just hit on it and maybe you'll answer something different. But you said you want to enjoy your kids for who they are. And I feel like that's something that I have taken away from this time in a really beautiful way. Um, like I have seen much less the struggles that my child has and much more the joy and who she is. And I've gotten to know her better than, please, I thought I knew her so well. And I've gotten to know her better than I ever thought I could by being her teacher and her therapist and just spending 24 hours a day with her. Um, and and mm-hmm. him, my son too, but it's, he's, he's a little easier to figure out because he'll just tell me. Um, <laughs> but uh, what has been a a pleasant surprise to you during this time? Like what's something that you'll take away um, that it's not negative, but is a positive thing that came out of this time? Um, You know, I am, I guess like a little embarrassed to say that I didn't really know how I would um, view Nova. I know that that sounds really awful. I just, with something, with like this kind of prenatal diagnosis like i i was like i i'm i'm totally okay with it and i love her no matter what but i didn't know how i would be with her or how or how she would be with me or if she would and she's just like everything i've ever dreamed of in a baby <laughs> <laughs> so she's really um she has really been a, a humongous light through all of this. She is such a joy. Her personality is so big. I look into her eyes and I see how inquisitive and smart and bright she is. And it's made me want to just give her everything and also made me not question whether or not that'll be possible for her. Like I look at Nova and I know she will have everything she ever wants out of life without question. I, I have no doubt in that. I have no doubt. Um, so that's that's what I've kind of learned with Nova, which has been a beautiful surprise to me a little bit. Um, and I don't see her disability anymore, which is really interesting. At the beginning, I feel like I saw it more um, in my eyes, like I saw it. And now I literally don't see it. I do not see it at all. Um, and yeah, I feel a little ashamed in saying that, but also, that's honestly like how, how that experience has been for me. And I think that a lot of other mothers with this specific diagnosis or diagnosis, a diagnosis similar to it could, could probably relate to that. Um, with Hudson, gosh, the e-learning was really, um, it was really challenging. And I, <laughs> I really felt for him. That's really what it was, is that I had a lot more empathy for his challenges at school and how hard it is for him to stay focused and um, just trying to navigate. Like I bought so many different types of chairs for him, (laughs) like different types of seats and weighted vests and things. You know, I mean, I spent so much money on Amazon (laughs) those first couple of weeks (laughs) trying to get different kinds of 
styluses for his Chromebook and things to make it enjoyable for him or to help him settle down. So I, I gained a lot of um, sympathy for his uh, for his teachers or parents because I can now recognize like I, it can be pretty challenging. Um, and it's just me and him. So it's not even a classroom full of people. But also, um, he's so bright. He's so smart. And he... It, it, he's not being challenged in his current environment. And it made me really kind of wonder, I just want to, I want to find an environment that's right for him. And I want it desperately to be something I can afford. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, private schools are like $40,000 a year and you don't even end up with a bachelor's degree. Right. Um, Jenny needs to build a lot of trellises. <laughs> so, you know, I think what I learned is that Hudson has an enormous amount of potential that is completely untapped. And um, I am I'm really wanting to find a way to give him the space. I've been a lot more patient with him at home. And I feel like when I stop trying to control his behavior and let him get things out, you know, that's been a, a really good lesson for me to learn. Um, I also listened to this other podcast, which is like a little brain snack from another mom. It's this um, podcast called How to Be Awesome at Everything. Ooh. <laughs> and I love it. It's this woman who's got like a billion kids and it's, it's like life hacks and ways to be like appreciative and grateful for, for life. And she called, she, it's called um, getting in your tens, how to get in your tens. And it's about like noticing the things that are a uh, 10 for you. Um, and also noticing the things that are a 10 for your partner and for your kids and ways to let them get those things into their days every single day. Mm -hmm. So like a 10 for me is drinking my coffee without having to microwave it right. five <laughs> or six times. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> You know, and that seems like a little thing, but when I enjoy a hot cup of coffee, it's a really big win for me. It's a 10. Yeah. And if I can compromise with my family to get that in for me, it gives me a lot extra to give to them. Um, and so with the kids, if they're destroying the uh, living room by taking off all the pillows and, you know, going crazy and screaming and the noise level is like almost unbearable. Now, instead of being like, yeah, you guys just stop it. You're wrecking the house. I like, oh, this is a 10 for them. Like this is a big 10 for them. And I want to let them get this out. And that's what I feel like I'm a little grateful for the quarantine for that because it's helped me kind of slow down um, I'm not as quick to, gosh, I'm really talking, aren't I? Um, I'm not as, I'm like, and another segue. <laughs> um, but I, I think that that's what I've learned about my kids is, is I'm trying to be, um, you know, a better mom by, by just kind of seeing them for who they are and loving every aspect of them. I've got great kids, man. Hudson is so sweet. He's so kind and so caring. And like, he loves to make draw, um, I'm sorry cards if he does yeah. something wrong oh. or make, um, make projects for people or do, you know, he's a, he's a real, like, he has a real heart of service. Mm -hmm. Hudson loves to serve people and like loves to do an like an act of service for you. That's his um, and then, 
Yes. And then, and then watch, watch you enjoy it. Like he loves that. And Nova's just super, super cuddly and Caspian, my goodness, he went from like pushing me away and not wanting kisses to just being like totally cuddly and sweet and loving. So I'm like, I gotta be honest. I'm really enjoying my kids right now. I mean, yes, I want them to go back to school, but I am like really, really loving on them. Well, I'm, and it's been nice. I think that is a mom win. I think that is a win yeah, all around for really. sure. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. Hey, man. Well, that's and a- it's all because I drink that coffee. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, you got that coffee in the morning. It, it, it you up for right. your day. It does not take right. much. You know what I mean? <laughs> like just those moments for yourself. Oh my gosh. Well, I think that's a really positive spot for us to say thank you. I mean, this is, we've chatted. Oh my God. It's already been like almost an hour. It's crazy. Five hours. (laughs) (laughs) We've chatted for five hours. No, we, we just need, we could just chat all the time. I mean, we say that, I think with everyone, we are like, we could just keep going and going and going. We're so, (laughs) you're very special, but we're so sorry for the social interaction too. I think that that plays into it, right? This, having these conversations isn't something we're doing as often. Yeah. In the, in I, can only, I can only talk to my husband and my child <laughs> so much. Oh my gosh. Especially because my husband I'm, doesn't tend to talk back much. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on Marco Polo with a couple of my other mom groups. And sometimes I realize I'm leaving like a 10 minute Marco Polo just because I'm yeah. just talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause it feels I'm very long winded anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. For, if a day goes by and I haven't communicated with Kara Cooper, I'm like, what's it's going on? Weird day. What's yeah. happening? It's a, a weird day. day. Oh, I love that. <laughs> for sure. For sure. No, it's good. That's good. Yeah. Thank you so much, Haven, Thank for coming you. back. I mean, oh, who, who would have known you guys. that when we did your part four, that it would be, you know, in it's this fine. world. So when I thought the flu was the worst thing on the planet. Right. 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 So thank you though. Thank you for taking the time for putting those kids in the sprinkler. I mean, yeah. Oh my goodness. That's a perfect summer afternoon. Thank you. Thank you for doing these podcasts. I think it's so important. And I think, you know, it's great that people that are in our industry and outside of our industry get a little window into kind of what the quarantine has been like for all of us, because She's a struggle. Yeah. <laughs> She's a struggle, but you have found the bright lights of it. And I think yes. beautiful haven. Yeah. For sure. Thanks, Mama. You too. Thank you, friend. Be well. Yes. Thank, Thank you. Family. We will. You too. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Mama's Talkin' Loud. Special shout-outs to Rachel Spencer-Hewitt for our fabulous graphic, Kristen Anderson-Lopez, Bobby Lopez, and Justin Ward-Weber for our awesome theme song, our producers Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, and of course, the Broadway Podcast Network for bringing us to you. If you like what you're hearing and you want to keep the conversation going, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook, and of course, subscribe and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.